Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Welcome back to Real Adventures, and it's now time for All Aboard for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. And this morning, we have none other than Lee Rayner. Morning, Lee. Morning, mate. How are you going? Going very well, mate. Not as good as you, because you've just got back from a cracking trip up north. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. But you've been up chasing the barra. So I want you to take us through where you were, what you did, all, all the in-betweens. But more importantly, just the fact that how remote you were and not having phones but how do you actually plan organizing a trip like that i guess a bit of safety sort of all the elements that come into organizing a remote barra fishing trip up north in i guess the terrain that australia offers you with especially with the heat and everything that comes along with it as well yeah well look i'll be honest luckily i've got a very good friend up there jez johnson he's local to darwin and he's done a lot of this over the years and the logistics of doing these trips are they're pretty full on um, and being, I did the runoff trip with him and we went to the Roper River and this trip was the build-up trip. So um, we camped this time on land and like we even had to get special tents. So we got the Oz 10 RV5s because they're fully waterproof, but also the internal structure of the tent means you cop some horrendous storms and wind being in the build-up and one day, Aaron, it was blowing 35 knots and we, we were camped two kilometres inland away from the water so you don't get the sand flies and the mozzies, and, but also the storms hit hard on the water. Yeah. As we've come out of the ramp, there's camps that were within a couple of hundred metres of the ramp and their tents were just obliterated. From wind? From the wind. Yeah. Um, so we got back to our camp. There were a couple of other groups camping near us and, and we were fine. The other boys had a bit of stuff blown around, but... You know, like you, just, just water, you know, water and food and fuel. Like, so where we went, the the nearest service station for fuel is five hours. <laughs> yep. So not only do you have to think about the car, but you have to think, oh, sorry, the boat, you have to think about the car. So there's a lot that goes into it. You've got to double, triple check everything. Jez had a stat phone. I had a Garmin in reach. You know, you safety is priority because of where you are because everything wants to kill you and eat you up there. Um, <laughs> so, but it's the remoteness that makes it so cool. Like, I just love it. Like, if you said, oh, you can go and stay at this resort and fish each day and do all that, or you can camp remotely in a remote location, I'd take the camping. I Personally, I just love it. So, you know, you, you're washing yourself with bottles of, you know, 500 ml water bottles each day. That's how you do it. So when you say remote, like you're remote, like there's no one around, nothing really, just you guys pretty much and then the odd person you pass. Yeah, there's other dudes that are doing the same thing. Yep. You know, um, but even to the point where we were able to camp for the weekend, Tuesday night, went Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we came home 
Saturday. Um, we 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 were able to stay longer than a lot of other guys are because even to the point, Jez brings two generators, so one for each tent, and we, he brings two little air conditioning units. Oh, yeah. So overnight, you're running an aircon unit pumping 22-degree air into your tent because it's bloody hot. Yeah, right. Is it real hot and humid? Well, this time of year it's humid because you've got the build-ups. You've got the, these big storms. Yeah. Um, you know, like the, we had a couple of lightning storms around us. One, none of them hit us, but I put a, a video up on my um, Instagram the other day of this one storm, and in 30 seconds, mate, there's, there's got to be 50 lightning bolts in this <laughs> yeah, one storm. I did, I did see and that, yeah. Like, he was, Jez was telling me last year they had a storm that was over Darwin, and it was that bad. They had 99,000 lightning strikes in an hour. Fires? Oh, there's fires everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then it'll rain, put them out. But it's a bizarre place, man. Like, you're driving along. We, so we left Darwin at 6 a.m., 5.30 in the afternoon on Monday afternoon. And we drove into our campsite at 5.30 on Tuesday morning. Like, yeah, it was yeah. getting light. But you're driving along through the night down this dirt goat's track getting the crap shaken out of you and you're driving along and there's just fires smoldering on the side of the road. And I said to Jez, it's so funny. If that was in Victoria or in mm. New South Wales, you'd be straight on the phone and be, everyone would be freaking out and for good reason. But there it's just different because everything burns so much. You don't get these wildfires because everything just gets burnt and then it catches fire again. There's no, there's no growth on the ground. Everything just smoulders yeah, away. It's a lot smaller terrain as well, isn't it? Like it's a lot. Yeah, the bushland's a bit yeah. smaller as well, isn't it? It's not like, I yeah, guess, driving yeah, to Eden huge, or something. Yeah, it's not huge gum trees and, yeah. you know, three foot of leaves on the ground. It's just everything just sits there smouldering away and smoking away and there's little glowy fires going everywhere and just going, there's another fire and there's another fire. And they don't even, the boys don't even look sideways. Like, oh, oh cool, fire. And they're like, huh, what? Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, just like potholes. Mate, on the, on the way out, we copped a like we were packing up to leave and that last morning on the Saturday, we were like, Jez is like, it's going to happen today. He goes, the wet is here. He goes, it's going to happen. The sky was just different. And um, when we were packing up, it was windy and these big storms were just like getting real close. We got about maybe 10, 20 k's down the road and the rain just let go. And we had, Jez said it would have been a hundred mil rain in 20 minutes. Yeah, Jesus. Like it was insane. And it turned out, dirt road into an absolute <laughs> mud pit. Yep. One of the boys that we know that was camping, he was about a kilometre in front of us. We come around a corner and he's just completely slid off the road. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But then they just, you know, we all get out and they're all, everyone's wandering around barefoot in mud that's up past your ankles. Helping each other. And everyone's like, anyway, let's uh, suppose we'll, they're all standing around talking, <laughs> just having a chat. I'm like, are we going to get him out or what? And they're like, oh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> uh. That's just, it's just how they live, man, and it's, and it's a great lifestyle. Man. It's such just, a great lifestyle. It would be nice being nice and cruisy, but something that wasn't cruisy is because the fishing was red hot. You had some bloody good yeah. sessions on the barrow. Oh, we did, mate, and, and you know, a lot of local knowledge goes into that. I don't profess for a second that I know what I'm doing. It's like yep. it's such big water, but, you know, we were chasing bigger fish, so we probably got 60 fish in four days, yep. but our average fish was 80 centimetres, yeah. which... That's a really nice fish, but we got a bunch of anywhere between 80 and 95. We got a, you know, a couple of, like, we got a 99, a 1 metre, a 101, and then I got a 113 on the cast. It's like, a big fish. It is, it is probably in my top five most memorable fish. Like, 
I love any fish, Aaron, as you do. I love big fish. That thing had me shaking like my first daytime thought. Did it like jump, literally carry up. on? Did it do everything? Mate, he ate the lure and I saw him eat the plastic and roll in the water. I'm like, oh, it's a big one. And then it bolted and it did a 30-metre run to the middle of the river. And I know it was 30 metres because I watched three colours of braid disappear off the reel. <laughs> yep. And as soon as it started going to the middle of the river, Jez is like, that's a big fish. He goes, Darren, he goes straight up, that's well over a metre. He goes, in the roper, every time you hook a big one, they go to the middle. Yeah, okay. And, yep. and so we were chasing this thing on the electric. And the, the funny part of it is, like, I'm camera's rolling and I've got all that going. And I'm like, Jez is like, I hope I don't stuff it up on the net because I lost a big one in the runoff when he netted it. It literally jumped out of the net. And I'm like, Jez, it doesn't matter, mate. It doesn't matter. Like, it's a fish. If it gets off, it doesn't matter. We'll get another one. And then it jumps, as I said, at about 10 foot from the boat. And I'm like, no, nah, I want that fish. I want that fish. Go and get that fish. So we just chased this thing down with the electric and we got it. And, mate, I was, I was genuinely so excited. And that, that fish alone made my trip. Now, many techniques to chase Barramundi. Before we let you go, how, what was your, your best technique up there? Um. Two techniques. One was slow rolling plastic. Bite me plastic killed it. Like this, they're a Darwin brand and they're unbelievable. And everybody up there is throwing them. Yep. They're a longer, skinnier profile with this little boot tail. They've got a really tight shimmy. And you don't hop on barra and all that. You just cast out and you just slow wind, maybe with a pause. Just more like a cod retreat. Yep, yep. Um, and that and then the jackal squirrel, which is a diver, 79, and the 115 squirrel, which is just this, again, it's height, shimmy, lure. It doesn't have a big body roll, doesn't it? It's just a real bait fish profile. Um, but 90% of our fish, mate, were caught on, on plastic. And, and the trick is a plastic, have you seen those jig heads where you've got the loop on the bottom that you can put a split ring and then yep. you put a treble on it, yep. the stinger treble? Yep. That, that will take your hook up rate from about 40 to 50% mm. on a plastic, up to about 90. Having a stinger hook on the back. Yeah, yeah, the stinger hook is so important. Yeah. No, there's uh, so, fishing with the locals, obviously the best way to go when you do to go to these remote places, especially, number one, safety. But, of course, the reason you're going there is to catch fish, and it sounds like you had an absolute cracking time. Thank you very much, Lee, yep. for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. That was all aboard for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other.